0: Welcome to another edition of 32 Questions. Una here. And 32 Questions is where we interview a politician and hear what they have to say for themselves. Fintan Warfield is a Sinn Féin senator. He's on a second term in the Shannad. Born in the 90s, Fintan's political career began very early when he became the youngest mayor in Ireland in 2014 when he was just 22 as mayor of South County Dublin. In 2016, he won more first preference votes than any other candidate on one of the vocational panels of the Seanad, he is the Sinn Féin Seanad spokesperson on the arts, LGBT rights, and youth affairs, and he was re-elected last year. As a gay man, he has faced orchestrated attacks online, which led him to report harassment to the Gardaí in summer of 2020. But he remains an outspoken supporter of trans rights and the need needs of the LGBT community in general. He's also something of the new face of Sinn Féin part of a vanguard that is attracting young voters politicized by the marriage equality and repeal referendums and activism. So let's get to it. You can support our work on Patreon so that we can keep bringing you these interviews by going to patreon.com forward slash United Ireland and paying just three euro a month bargain. Finton, are you ready for your 32 questions? I'm ready. <laughs> um, what is your morning ritual? So
1: normally I wait to hear Stephen grind the coffee. And when I hear that, I wake and get out of bed after it just lays in there for a while. Um, coffee will be ready hopefully when I get down. <laughs> and, um, and that's what happened this morning. And then I had my Weetabix. Sometimes I'll have granola. And I was due to talk to you folks at 9am. and. I couldn't find my headphones so <laughs> the place is in ribbons um, upside down looking for headphones at nine o'clock in the morning.
2: What, what practice or habit have you developed during the pandemic that you'll take into the post-pandemic world?
1: Hopefully not um, back pain I think I think all of my like mental health has kind of formed into this back pain thing so I'm hopefully not gonna. T- that's gonna hopefully lift. I already feel it like lifting actually. What habit we? I I became a vegetarian. Uh, Steve and I d- both became vegetarians. Um, he will. He wanted to do it for some time. He first proposed that he give up pork. That we give up pork, and then I was like, "What about rashers?" And he was like, "Yeah, th- that pork. Yeah." And I was like, <laughs> "What about sausages?" Like, and he was like, "Pork pudding." I said, "Pork." And I was just like, let's just give, let's just give, let's just go the whole hog, and give fish and meat. And I actually don't talk about that because it's like people get very interested in what you eat. Like, so I generally don't say I'm vegetarian.
0: What What are your top three non-alcoholic beers? One of them is called uh, Infusion.
1: Is it? Um, I like that Guinness Pure Brew non-alcoholic lager. Um, I also like the Moretti one. Um, and I like That's the, three. pardon?
2: That's three.
1: Oh, sorry, Jesus.
2: Don't just run yourself. God. <laughs> uh, when... We're under
1: time pressure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Work to get to. When did you join <laughs> Sinn Féin, and why?
1: I joined Sinn Féin when I was 16. I weighed up loads of other parties. It was actually in Irish Times breakdown of the parties pre-2007 election that actually led me towards Sinn Féin um, but I'd been kind of politicised by music Irish music, Republican music, Republican songs so um, I was interested in United Ireland um, and I was obviously left-leaning um, and so Sinn Féin ticked all of those boxes
0: Do you regret not running as a TD in the 2020 election and do you think you'll run next time? when I was
1: in the camp centre and like we performed really well um, in the election, I was still, the Shannon election happens a month after the general election. So I was still kind of in an election mode myself. So at that point I would have been like, gosh, yeah, it'd be great to be done now. Like, <laughs> um, but no, I think getting reelected to the Shannon is something I'm quite proud of. Like I hadn't, I'd never been re-elected to anything. So whether that was the council or, you know, I did one year as mayor, you know, i never stood on the, my record, so I was, it was a surprise, that kind of feeling, um, to be re-elected. So, no, no. And it's not like, uh, I don't like to view politics as a ladder, like, you know, The Council and the Shannon and The Doll are three completely different things.
2: Uh, what's your go-to tune to play on guitar?
1: At the moment, I'm like, because there's no gigs to play at, I've been playing such little guitar and I'm like, don't know what songs I want to play. <clears throat> which goes to show that I just, I, I must play music. And I think lots of people do, you, you practice in order to kind of give to people or to perform to people, you know, probably like the last one I sat down to play last weekend, um, Viva la Quinta Brigada, is about the international Brigades that went to Spain to fight Franco. I saw that on
2: Instagram, it was lovely.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> is there any quote or motto that really sticks with you through life? My good friend Sinead
1: has told me in the past or just reaffirmed me in something, things I would do. He just, you know, if not, if not you, who? And I like that. You can apply that to lots of things.
2: Who's your dream dinner party guest that isn't Mary Lou MacDonald?
1: <laughs> How did she know?
2: <laughs>
0: um oh god, I don't know. Come on, Fenton, there has to be someone.
2: You're looking at two by the way, right
1: now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea Horn I mean, and Luna Maladi.
0: What is, is wh- okay? Cool, I'll take that. <laughs> um, what is your ambition in life?
1: I just want to be kind of content in what I'm doing and have purpose. Um, I don't, I wouldn't like to be in politics all my life. At some point, I'd love to. I really admire people like Andrea Horn who set up their own business. Um, And at some point, maybe I'd like to do that. Maybe it would be something of queer.
2: Uh, Do you think people overplay or underplay the threat of the far right in Ireland?
1: Why would we not be vigilant about that? It's it's this century that we've seen the horror of fascism. Um, No, I'd be very concerned about that. Um, You know, even upon entering politics when everything seemed to be going in the right direction and things have changed so quickly, you know? The things are weaponized, you know, in a way that they weren't before.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and even in that time frame that I've been in politics, it's it's such a dip- different atmosphere now. So, no, I'd be very vigil- vigilant about that and importantly about protecting the gains that we've made.
0: If you were a minister, what department would you like to head up?
1: So I've been a spokesperson for the arts and culture for fame in the Shannon's for... Well, since I've been since 2016, so I know that brief the best, um, and I think that would probably be um, that would probably be the one. I think there's so much that could be done in terms of, um, you know, a, a living wage for artists, um, security of income, nightlife. We've we've you know, you, you folks are have been doing a lot of work around that. So I, there's so much that could be done. Um, that would be a really exciting portfolio to hold.
2: What position did you play in for Jude's?
1: Played in goal.
0: What would you do if you weren't in politics apart from opening your new queer metal bar in direct competition with Andrea and my dad?
1: On South William Street. <laughs> Upstairs from tropical <laughs> um what was the question again? What would you do if you weren't in politics? oh i'd I'd like i'd I'd play music or yeah or that other idea
2: (laughs) Uh, do you think clubbing is culture and what nightclub or club night do you want to go back to
1: yeah i love that i love that because like obviously football is culture everything's culture we don't question that something isn't culture so if you assert that clubbing is culture it's kind of like why why are you saying that There must be something wrong. It must not be recognized as such. And it must not be allowed to kind of flourish in a way that other cultural things can and do.
2: Mm.
1: And the state must be placing a limit on that. Uh, And it is. And that's why we need nightlife reform. And that's why we need to assert that this thing is legit culture. Like, this this is what, this is where we go to socialize and meet people. And people create art to respond to that clubbing culture yeah and actually people use art culture and heritage interchangeably it really winds me up as if they're like <laughs> not three distinct different things so um
0: and what's the club you want to go back to
1: Grace mm. um um I've seen news at Grace
0: yeah you definitely have
1: um I like sweatbox um and Oh, the George! I mean, like I—I've been going around Leicester House with my headphones in, listening to Ariana Grande and um, just pop numbers. Um, I'm just like, I can't wait to go to the George and hear like Britney. Come on, like, i i not—I used not to really appreciate like pop, and really, the George is the place that kind of opened my eyes to. It's just like some kind of a gay hooliganism goes on there when Britney and Kimmy Moore comes on. Like, we're just like up on the bar, basically. <laughs> i scenes.
0: How, how do you think we get more queer people into politics?
1: I actually love when people indicate that they'd like to run for politics. It always takes people, I think particularly lefties, because they're activists, it always takes, takes them a while to get to the point that they'd like to run, you know? Because like there's a bit of ego involved. At at the end of the day, I love encouraging people who approach it. um, And my door is always open um, to people who want to to run um, for politics. Um, Why anyone would want to run for politics, I don't know. But, um, and as well, I wonder, does your question assume that there are queers who can't get into politics. And it's a very like this is the least diverse. I'm in Leicester House now. And this is the least diverse experience in, in my life, you know, in, in my day-to-day life. Like this is the it's the most white, it's the most straight, it's the most male place where, that I experience in my life. So that needs to change. Like, so we need queers in politics. But you know, I also think um the marriage equality experience. And the campaign and the long campaign for that is a good example of this. We need people on the barricades outside and we need people in here. Uh, we need people who are put their face up on the posters. Um, so I think all of those things working in, working together like in parallel is key. And I think, yeah, we're, we're down a few in here, more than a few in all aspects of diversity.
2: Besides a house, car or computer, what's the most expensive thing you've ever bought?
1: Um, it's my sound system that I gig with. I geek out on this. It's, um, it's a Bose L1, it's like a pole. <laughs> um, it has 24 speakers in it and they're all in different directions at different angles coming down on the pole. So you kind of stack it on, st- stack two cylinders on top of each other and uh, they give like a 180 degree spread. So it means that everyone in the room gets the same sound. So it's great for pubs. It's really clean as well. It's just like, it's such an easy setup. So. That is my biggest spend, be honest, aside from that car.
0: What have you discovered about yourself or learned about yourself that has surprised you in the past year?
1: Um, I had a that, there was an awful experience last year um, with social media and a pylon that happened after the um, around the time that Roderick experienced it too. Um mm-hmm. And I suppose, like, it's taken a bit of resilience to kind of keep going in that respect. Um, I've left social media, which, like, I haven't left it, I post the odd thing, much less so on Twitter. Like, um, if, if I have a motion before the, the doll, which is, like, a couple of times a year, we use the last one for housing, um, I use Twitter to... To just make reference to that, but I, like I wasn't engaging with it, um, so it's taken a bit of resilience to kind of keep the. Oh, I don't know to keep focused on what the, what the objective is and work.
0: I'm sorry you ha- you went through that experience, Fintan. Uh, that kind of homophobic uh, pylon is really, really deeply unpleasant.
2: What do you regard as the lowest depth of misery?
1: Twitter, I've come off it i kept the account and i kept it on private but like if i never had to go on it again i would be honestly thrilled like it's a private space it's twitter set the rules it's not it's not as much this is a private company it's their space we we play by their rules they break their own rules Mm. um like when it comes to trump or whatever um so i just think we need to have a conversation about how, like what kind of like citizen kind of participation we want in in, in creating the rules. And I don't think Twitter is a space at all. That, yeah, that's, that's. Uh.
0: Do you think the old school political establishment actually understands the impact of the grassroots activism around the 2015 and 2018 referendum campaigns? Uh, no,
1: no because in many ways they weren't involved. Like we, we, I took, we took a conscious decision in Sinn Fein that we would, I, I remember clearly in the marriage referendum that we would, we would run our own campaign in order to mobilize the Sinn Fein vote for the referendum. Um, and so I wasn't actually as much a part of the, the broader campaign as I would have liked to be, but um, it made a lot of sense for us to, to mobilize Sinn Fein's base and our supporters for, for marriage. Um and then we were we were more heavily involved in the, the the broader repeal campaign then as well. I was on the ground with that campaign and it was just it was amazing. It was um, ultimately I don't think the the big parties were the big two, or what were the big two, if you get were involved as much in those campaigns, particularly outside of Dublin. Um, it, it follows that housing is a social issue these parties are kind of okay with your rights as long as it doesn't cost them any money and housing costs a lot of money, particularly for the state to build on public land. I don't think they, I think they maybe, maybe categorized or boxed these, these two big referendums as kind of social issues um, and housing very much is a social mm. issue, so.
2: Good point. What do you value most in your France?
1: Um People who will challenge you and people who will have your back. And challenge you in a kind of appropriate environment too. You know, like in terms of the stick, you get online. If your friend came in and gave you the same stick online, it would be, and it has happened. Like it can be, it can really hurt. Like, but if they if they give you that constructive criticism in person, it's different. You know. What so, is
0: your current favorite item of clothing?
1: Um, I don't know. Um, I haven't. I kind of Stephen and I had a hand me down situation. I don't buy a lot of clothes and I kind of
0: recycle his clothes. Steel, I, I believe, is the word <laughs> you're looking for there, Fenton. <laughs>
2: uh, you mentioned the housing crisis already, but the government seems to have finally cottoned onto to it just recently. But do you think they're capable of doing anything to solve it? And if not, why? Or if so, why?
1: There are a couple of good elements of the new affordable housing that Darrell Bryan has brought to cabinet. Uh, there's well, there's a few, um, none of which are his ideas. They include a kind of uh, a minimum of 25 20 percent of um, new housing developments to be set aside for affordable and and social. Um, but ultimately, you know, when I think of renters, you know, what we need is a a three-year freeze on rents, and we need to not only freeze rents, we need to bring them down. And we need Shanfain have kind of consistently call for a one month's rent to be put back in people's pockets um, for every renter in the state, the equivalent of one month's rent through a refundable tax credit. And we need to drive supply um, and we need to push you know, billions of Euro into that. And we need at least 4,000 units every year. We're going to get 535 units this year, I think. So um, no, I don't think they have the political will to meet the needs of renters, first-time buyers, people in mortgage distress, or particularly to end homelessness, I'm afraid. And that's why we need a general election. Like we have a by-election coming, which will be a referendum on the government, but we need a general election as quickly as possible.
0: Do you have a personal hero or mentor you really look up to?
1: Tony Walsh would be an amazing mentor for me. He kind of keeps you on track. He's, he's that friend who would kind of criticise you and build you up when you need that. So Tony is a um, historian, DJ... He's moved to Turkey, um, but we talk every week. So hopefully he'll be home soon. He's working with the National Library of Ireland. She has been a key part of the National Queer Archive, which is held in the National Library. And I think the National Library are going to start to do to, to work with that uh, that archive. So watch that space.
2: Which TD, not in Sinn Fein, do you have the most time and respect for? It?
1: Uh, I wonder. Could you ask me? Can we change the question to Senator? No. Nope. <laughs> but the only, the, I say, the only reason I say that is because I work with the Senators all the time you know and I, I barely work TD. with the TDs
2: which TD a okay, give us give us one of i have a favourite TD and I don't work with them so you have to have one.
1: <laughs> yeah um, I, I really like Joan Collins I think she's from <laughs> um, I think she's fab In Senators I love Alice Mary Higgins I think she's one of the best parliamentarians we have like she's incredible her knowledge base and her attention to the detail is just incredible and Lynn Ruan and Eileen Flynn as well they would be my favorite senators uh that's Irish Sinn Féin
0: you said before that you were politicized through folk music and you come from a family that includes the Wolf Towns what do you think about the resurgence in traditional and folk music in recent years and what do you think is behind it
1: it's been cool. I think it was coming, like, you mm. know. I think, you know, so many people come through, you know, trad, um, play trad grown up. I, I see a lot of similarity between techno and trad in terms of, like, the repetitive nature of it. I think, you know, a couple of people have, a couple of groups like Lancome and The Gloaming, and they're completely different groups, and they're for completely different, like, audiences. I think they've kind of led the way in a way, but, you know, they stand on the shoulders of, you know, every music session in every pub in the country as well, you know. So, yeah, I'd love to see it.
2: What or who is the greatest love of your life?
1: Stephen Maloney. Well, <laughs> 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 I'm in great form because um, I, we're, we're looking at wedding venues and things like that. <laughs> we're not really looking. We're looking at one. My um, sister sent me this one and I we want a kind of festive wedding, you know, but um, a lot of them aren't that appropriate to bring like loads of family, like older people, yeah? So it's finding the right balance. But um, yeah, so I've been great them because we were doing that last night. It's a million years away. We're like two years' time, would say.
0: What's your favourite film?
1: Um, have you seen uh, Nomadland?
0: I haven't seen it yet.
1: Oh my God, it's so good. I love it. I was lucky enough to tour around with Derek from the Wolf Towns and across the states for a year and like we went all over and i think the states can get a bad rep fair enough um but and and you'd make the mistake i think i i certainly made the mistake to think that the the friendliness of people was all based around kind of the a sale you know kind of selling you something or um but it's in in some places it's so genuine and people are Incredible, like I don't think that's reflected in the film. I really liked it.
2: Berries or lions? T.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he got uh, that one there, uh, Andre.
2: <laughs> just, just no room for ambiguity. Thanks very much.
1: It was always lions growing up and
0: then just became berries. What book are you reading at the moment or have just finished?
1: I'm so bad at reading fiction. I used to be really self-conscious about that, that I didn't read fiction enough. I read a book by James Martin, a Jesuit. No, I listened to the audiobook, sorry. How the Catholic Church and the LGBT community can enter a new relationship of respect, compassion and sensitivity. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the <laughs> <laughs> um, It was interesting. Um, obviously, it's from his perspective as a Jes- Jesuit. But, um, I, you know, what I took from it was that a reminder that there are people in the church who want to reach out and might not know how or are waiting for a direction from the Vatican or the hierarchy of the church, um, which isn't coming uh, as quickly as some people would like. So I'm also reading um, Colin Harmon's book about coffee shops.
0: Hmm.
2: What's your favourite song to dance to?
1: Down the hall of Leinster House. Yes. Um, <laughs> is,
2: is that
0: one of your new tracks? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, walking through the corridor of Lancer House, Ariana Grande into <laughs> <laughs> what? you. What are but, you? Um, Precious Box by George
0: Michael. Excellent choices. What are you most proud of in your work as a senator so far?
1: Electoral reform generally, which would include Shannon reform, trying to give everyone a vote in the Shannad elections, and then uh, other electoral reform pieces are a bit lower in the voting age to 16, and the Welsh and the Scottish uh, elections just had sixteen 7 year seven-year-olds vote for the first time. So I can't wait to see the data around that. Irish politics has this habit of pushing things off to another place to decide and then They'll act on the recommendations like the citizens' assemblies or or in this case, we're waiting for the electoral commission to be established in order mm. for us to be for us to be advised on whether we should lower the voting age to 16 or oh, like, let's push all of these things out to the electoral commission. We're like just let's just pass the bill.
2: Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> so um, I've also done some work around I'm on the, the cross party corrupt cross party group on drug policy reform um so working around issues of harm reduction testing at clubs and festivals um is another thing i'm keeping an eye on we're trying to get the gmhs reopened like all of these things are like lots of people work on these things um but you know i would see my role in here as kind of being a voice in here for those things so Mm -hmm. it's just one aspect of the campaign to to progress these things
2: what um, is your current state of mind? This is your final question.
1: I feel like I need a good word like, to describe. I'm just like, I'm in good form. <laughs> Grand. Grand.
0: <laughs> Excellent answer. <laughs> Finton Warfield, Senator Finton Warfield, Senator Sinn Féin, those are your 32 questions.